Goodness gracious. This is what happens when we do two podcasts in one week. Yeah, and whose fucking idea was that? Yours. And the fuck it was. It was. It totally was not. Because somebody couldn't shut the fuck up on the last episode. So here we are doing part two. Really? (laughs) I'm sorry for that dead silence right there, but y'all should have seen my face. That he totally just was like dumping all that on me because it was like my fault. Like. It was your fault. Homeboy. Mm-mm. No, that was all you. Okay. All you. I oh. had little bits here and there. Because you even said, this is kind of my wheelhouse. And I'm like, well, okay. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. The bullshit. You do too. Okay. You know, if you're just going to sit here and lie all night. <gasps> Never. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Why is it so hot up here? Because I'm here. Oh, is that what it is? Okay, well, I'm just gonna strip this, this off. This uh, sexy piece of dad bod man meat right here. I love my dad bod man meat. Fucking hurt me last night, but it's okay. It's all good. Oh, stop! I'm not fully broken, so it's all right. Me and my little shrimp didn't do nothing. Well, I mean, if you make me bleed, you kind of did. Well, don't be such a. I what? Don't be such a what? Let me let me hear it. What what? You are a wimp. <laughs> I'm not a wimp. I don't like to bleed. Well, I mean. No wells. I can't make it any smaller. I if, don't want you to make it smaller. If, if that happened, then you'd have your girlfriend, finally. What? <laughs> How would I? Ha- oh, Jesus Lord. <laughs> I'm following. Yeah. No. No. I mean, you'd have to shrink it a lot. And then you'd. No. No. That wouldn't work. Oh, stop. Oh. You're being too generous. Oh, well, you were very generous last night, so. Like always. I mean, you treat me so well. Wait, does that mean that's going to take away points? No. Oh, okay. (laughs) I was just wondering. Why would it take away points? My reward points. Oh, no. Oh, fuck hell. Hang on. Did I miss it again? Probably. Oh, no. It is 10-15. Fucking hell. Somebody's getting spanks. I was doing so good. But you fucked it up like usual. So probably not next week, but the week after we'll be doing some more spanking probably. So stay tuned for that. Yeah. I'm not happy about it because I was being really good. It's a pineapple party. Oh, we got polyamory, too. What's that? You want a kink fest? A little BDSM? Well, buckle up, buttercups, because we got that, too. It's the Kitchen Sink E&M and Kink Podcast. And this is episode number 27. Yes. Because we're being extra today, or this week. Yeah. If you've just listened to episode 26, that was recorded last night. Yes, it was. And we are recording this one tonight because we got too fucking tired last night to do this part of the show. Yeah. So this is like part two. Kind of. We can call it part two. Yeah. But it's just episode 27. Fair There's going to be enough. no swing 
discussion. No, we we <laughs> definitely covered that last episode. So yeah, because you wouldn't shut the fuck up about it. Totally again, not me. I totally. <laughs> I mean, I had bits and pieces to add, but not me. Solely, it was not me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love how you always put the blame on me. No, no, it's usually the other way around, kind of like what you're trying to do. But it are, was a really good episode. Are you gaslighting me, ma'am? Uh, no, because I'm really bad at that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so yeah, I I couldn't shut the fuck up. No, you. I mean, it was last night's episode. It was good topics though, or multiple yeah. semi-small topics inside that big topic. Yeah. It was. It was a great show. Yeah. So tonight we are going to hop into polyamory mm-hmm. and then a little kink and BDSM. Yes. And then we have a new-ish fun segment. We do. Did you so, ever come up with a name for it? No, I didn't. I'll, I'll come up with something. All right. So he doesn't have the brain fog tonight. So hopefully, fingers crossed, that means he comes up with one because I came up with a name and he hated it, it and shot it down within two terrible. seconds. Terrible. You never like my ideas. Well, that's because even you admit that your ideas are terrible. But I kind of <laughs> like that one I came up with. So I was like, oh, yay, I kind of like it. And you're like, no. <laughs> so I'm like, Sorry. my. Sorry, babe, but that was trash. <sighs> I tried. Hey. I'm, and like, I was for looking effort. for synonyms and everything. And it just, you just shot me down. I did. Uh, well. So what do you got for us for some polyamory talk? All right. So something that a lot of people do actually have is they have a love language that they need to have fulfilled. So when you're in a poly relationship and you say are in a triad, we'll go off of that just because we've been in multiple of those. Yes. Um, That is our space. Yeah. Um, how does one deal with, you know, either trying to get those extra cuddles or trying to give the extra cuddles? Because, you know, a lot of people who their love language is touch, they feel like they also need to give it to, you know, their other partners. Um, and then how do you deal with the jealousy that can happen when, you know, you see one of them getting more snuggling action in than with one of the other partners. Well, I really don't think it's too much of an issue if uh, there's one or more partners that do not need that touch as often. The only time it really becomes an issue is when all three people have touch as one of their main love languages. I mean, I know you like to have touch. I do and I don't. Okay, define define that because that you know that's okay. I'm a very hot blooded person. Yes, you are. So I'm not one to always want someone up my ass. Okay, so like not literally, but like right, definitely not literally. But if someone's too close to me, then I overheat. Like I get really hot and uncomfortable. Right. So I can't have that all the time. Okay. So, all right. Now, do you feel like that makes it harder when you're in a relationship with somebody who really needs to have that love language of touch all the yes, time? Yes, it, it definitely can be difficult. Um, that's why winter is my jam because... <laughs> because you're, 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 you're 
you're very comfortable in the winter time. That's right. like your perfect temperature. Right. Because if I know, like, say, if you want cuddles in the wintertime, I can put on a pair of like my shorts, you know, like my basketball shorts and mm-hmm. a t-shirt and we can cuddle on the couch or in bed or whatever. And I'm comfortable. Now, if it's, why are you playing with your vagina right now? I'm wearing underwear and it's bothering me. God, I'm trying to have a serious conversation with you right now. And you're just like touching your vagina. I'm sorry. I'm not used to wearing underwear with these pants. Okay. Back to what I was saying. Okay. I can do it in the wintertime. Mm -hmm. Easier. When it's warmer out, even with the air conditioning on, I still get hot. So I can do like short bursts of cuddles. Mm. but I'm not going to be the one to like sit there on the couch like with you up against me or laying on me or anything like that for an extended period of time. Okay. So like if we're dating someone new Mm -hmm. and you know, everyone has that new energy, that new relationship energy going on. Right. Um, then I'll do it more just because everyone has that It's that heightened the new excitement of yeah. everything. Okay. But I do make it known like this isn't my normal. <laughs> so that way it's not like Like once it stops, they're not like what I do wrong. Yeah. I mean you have to have that good foundation mm-hmm. of like, you know, giving them what they need and mm-hmm. all that. So I express that, you know, like, I really enjoy it. Right. I just can't do it all the time. Right. So, soak it up while you can. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is true. I don't get it. I get it a lot, basically, in the wintertime, which is all fine by me because I'm always cold. And wintertime, I'm even more cold. And so, therefore, I'm all about getting those extra snuggles here and there. One thing that I have found that when, like, okay, you can only do so much cuddling and so much, you know, body heat with body heat. Mm -hmm. So then therefore when we're in our triad relationships, I have found that I have to pick up some of that slack, which I don't mind because like, I like having that extra attention. Right. But what's weird is I get to a certain point where they're laying on me that I need them off. (laughs) like I don't it is not that I'm hot but there's something internally inside me that it like it kind of feels like nails on a chalkboard but inside my body yeah and I I don't know what that is that's how I get when I get hot like that like it's like a panic thing like I have yes yes it's like I, I feel like there's like an anxiety panic feeling and like I have to I have to get up like to completely make the simulation go away, I have to get out of that position and like go walk away somewhere. Right. But you like, if, if you're laying on them, it doesn't bother me. You're totally fine. Yeah. Like you'll soak up all the cuddles. Yeah. But But you can't be the man. (laughs) No, I can for a while, but out of, out of the blue, like, I don't know if it's like a certain position that we're in that it starts doing that. But then I'm just like, all of a sudden I have this very overwhelming sensation of like, I got to, I got to get out of this right now. 
like not and I and I hate it because like I, I'm still wanting to cuddle but whatever right, is going because, on in my body is like you because you are a cuddler like you always want to be as close to me as possible or mm-hmm. as close to you know our girlfriend as possible mm-hmm. and that's a great thing for me because I can't do that right like e- even when we all sleep in the same bed Right. Oh my gosh. We'll be the one, the girls will be the ones cuddling and you'll be like off in your own spot with a leg hanging out because you're like, I'm fucking hot. Well, yeah. I mean that extra body in bed, like I'll be on top of the covers Uh huh. and as far away from both of you as possible, because if not, I'm waking up in a pool of sweat. And that has happened many times. Yeah. And that's why like we have tried having you sleep in the middle because you know oh, us girls be- are both like, well, I want to lay on his shoulder and like, oh, I want to lay on his shoulder. That well, let's the, go on each side of him. That was the worst experience of my life. <laughs> it really was. I mean, <laughs> like I really It was it was well, it was thoughtful in theory that yeah, it, it would was, be great for both of us, but it did not work well for you. I mean, I loved the feeling. <laughs> Of having you both like laying on my chest and all that. But God, why are you fucking this show up? Touching your vagina, freaking making slurpy noises with your fucking <laughs> 10 gallon water jug. I didn't know I was going to do that. I was even away from the microphone. Continue on. Good sir. Continue on. Oh, thank you for the permission to continue this fucking show. So, it was a great feeling having you both lay on my chest, but it took about three minutes before I was overheating. Yeah. And I I was like... And then you couldn't get a leg out because you were in the middle. I was trapped. You were... (laughs) Were you panicking? I was... Like, (laughs) I had that anxiety, you know, panic feeling because I was so fucking hot. And I'm like, I'm going to die. I'm going to die in this bed in the middle of these two beautiful women. I was just going to say, you're going to die in a bed though with two women. But I wasn't happy. I would like, <laughs> you were anxiety ridden. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it'd be different if like I died while, you know, I had one riding my cock and one sitting on my face. Like that'd be great. But no, I was literally trapped in a blanket tomb <laughs> that was 9,000 degrees. Yeah, and then it also didn't help that the room was, like, really hot because we had the stove, the oh, wood stove the f- in the corner. No, it was the fucking gas fireplace thing. Oh, that was gas fireplace. I'm sorry. That I said did not need to be on. <laughs> but but it was because it was aesthetically pleasing, and it looked really nice, and it made the atmosphere romantic and cozy, and <laughs> it gave an ambiance in the corner. <laughs> It also made it 9,000 fucking degrees in there. I will say that session that we had all together was really fucking hot, literally and figuratively. Yeah, yeah you got the right word. <laughs> Yay! So proud. I should hang out with you more often. <laughs> oh, my God. For <laughs> our new listeners, Tink has a difficult time Talk. getting... The words in her brain out of her mouth hole. No, it does not. It does not happen um, ever. Yeah. Like there's times we have to go through 20,000 words 
over the course of five minutes. To get the word I was looking for. Yeah, and it's usually something super simple. Yep. Yep, That that's me. Me in a nutshell. ADHD poster child right here. Hi. <laughs> but, yeah, so I have to sleep on the end. Yes, you do. I have to. And I can't cuddle for that long. But now hugs. I love hugs. You know, like... I can give a hug any time of the day, no matter what the temperature. <laughs> That's you know. because they're short-lived. I mean, I give good long hugs, though. You do. You do. I mean, I am like the hug master. I mean, everyone mm. loves my hugs. Yeah, your hugs melt. Like, they'll melt you. Yeah. Like, and then you're not even, like, really worrying about anything anymore. It just kind of, like, takes away everything that you're thinking about. So that's my, like, that's my version of cuddling. Okay. I'm a hugger. You're a hugger. So. Hugger, hugger. But now, like, I do love touch. Mm-hmm. I mean, if we're in the car, you know, whoever's sitting in the passenger seat, like, if they hold my hand or touch my leg or whatever, you know, while mm-hmm. I'm driving, I like that. Um, I like having my hands on you or our girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't ever really see it as a problem in our triads where one person gets more than the other. Right. Yeah. I mean, we've kind of found like a mutual, like everybody found like what kind of works for them and actually it just kind of molded together. Well, yeah, because normally you two girls will give each other enough Mm -hmm. to make up for me. Right. And I just kind of take what I can get. Yeah. In between all that. I mean, it works out. And I give what I can in between you two doing all your cuddling and stuff. Yeah. I mean, sometimes though, like I, I do feel like I have a little bit of jealousy that does come up though. Um, when it comes to seeing like you guys having more cuddles going on, or if I feel like I haven't had enough cuddles from you, then and, like, I see, like, you guys cuddling more. Then I'm kind of like, mm, I kind of want cuddles. But, like, it's not like we can have a huge cuddle puddle on the couch. Because then you'd be super hot and it just wouldn't work. And, and it's not the same either. Right. But all you have to do is say, like, hey, it's my turn. <laughs> like, it's never a big deal. No. But I probably just, like, in my head, I'm, I, I feel like... Like, maybe they need it, so I just kind of let it... Like, I don't say anything. I'm just like, okay. Hmm. So, I'm probably, in a way, not really helping myself. No, in the really. But we know I do those kinds of things where I self-sabotage myself sometimes. Right, but you don't ever get, like, jealous to the point where it affects you, though. Like, in those situations. No, no. It's just, like, the small little, like hint of jealousy because like we all know what that feels like so like you just know like when it happens you're just kind of like oh and see i'm the opposite where like when you and a woman that we're dating are cuddling a lot and stuff i'm like whoo i'm off the fucking hook thank god (laughs) you know like (laughs) it's like my i'm clocked out i'm good yeah like and it sounds terrible but i enjoy just letting you guys have your cuddle time. I mean, I don't think it really sounds terrible because like you see the two women that 
you care about and love, you know, having their time together and you see them happy. So that makes you happy because that's conversion. It does. And it also keeps me from burning up. This is true. And then you only have to burn up at night. Yeah. Because <laughs> like, obviously us girls will want to cuddle like all day long. Um, and normally you guys cuddle in bed too. Like we usually you spoon do. each other. Yeah. And I lay on my back with my one arm over both of you. You do. Like, <laughs> <laughs> now you might have to reach a little bit further now because I've got the titties. So like, oh yeah. Before it was a lot easier because like they were just right there, but now like they fall over to the sides. So you're gonna have to like reach over, grab my farthest titty, and pull it in. <laughs> well, that's only when if I get on my side. If, if I'm on my back, I usually just lay my arm like across your bellies or something. Yeah, yeah. But I, I try to get my touch in somehow mm-hmm. without making it uncomfortable for me. <laughs> But you, you do, you manage. Cause then like she feels you, I feel you. And we're like, okay. And then we all pass out. Yeah. And usually by the time we wake up, I'm either spooning her mm-hmm. or whoever's in the middle is spooning me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it all works out in the end. Cause once I'm asleep, I'm pretty good. Yeah. I don't feel the heat Mm-mm. unless I'm trapped in the middle. Unless I'm trapped in the middle. But for being on the side I'm pretty comfortable like once I fall asleep and my body temperature drops. Yeah, I think so. So, I mean, I think some couples could could experience more of the like jealousy. Yeah. And that could turn into resentment if nobody speaks up. Right. So don't don't be like me. <laughs> yeah. You have to communicate. Right. If so, you feel like you're not getting enough touch, mm-hmm. you need to sit down with your partners and say, hey. I'm needing this because I'm feeling like I'm not getting enough of it and it's starting to affect me. Right. I mean, and if you have decent partners, Mm -hmm. they're going to be like, okay, we will definitely make the changes necessary to make make sure sure that that you you get get what you need. Right. Because that's what's important in any relationship, not just in a throuple. I mean, in a monogamous relationship, it's the same thing. Right. You know, if you go to your partner and say, hey, I don't feel like you're giving me enough of X, Y, or Z, mm-hmm. then that partner should say, hey, I'm going to try my best to give you X, Y, and Z. Right. And that's what you have to do. You have to have that communication. And that and way you have to have compromise, too. because Right. Because obviously you can't expect some things to be, you know, completely changed 100% or because some people just can't do that. Right. I mean, like me, mm-hmm. I can only cuddle for so long. I mean, I love to do it, right? but you just physically can't get yourself to do that because it's just too much. It makes you too hot. Yeah. So communication is Mm -hmm. the key. Um, Don't hold your feelings in Mm -hmm. because that's going to lead to resentment, which is going to cause big problems for everybody. Yeah. You don't want to do that. So just talk it out and get your cuddle on. Mm -hmm. I agree. That's what I have to say about that shit. Get your cuddles (laughs) Get your cuddles, motherfucker. <laughs> I'm make a shirt that says that. You should. We got, cuddles. We're, we're gonna have lots of shirts, apparently. <laughs> cuddles, motherfucker. <laughs> All right. So So not so much on cuddling. The anti cuddling. Yeah, the anti cuddling. In our BDSM segment, um, we kinda wanted to touch base on where our roles are and how we viewed them. 
in each phase that we kind of went through as we went. Our roles as in you being a submissive, me being a dominant, Mm -hmm. and the progression. From where we very first started to where we are now. Right, because I think this will be a good segment for new people in the kink and BDSM space uh, that are still finding out what their roles are Mm -hmm. or what they're going to be. Yeah. Cause you have to start somewhere and you know, we always start from, you know, the very beginning because it's literally, it's a journey. Right. And <laughs> it, it's going to mean a little, mean something a little different for everybody, right. but we're going to explain what our roles have meant to us mm-hmm. and what we felt we needed to bring to the table mm-hmm. to fulfill those roles. So, you know, you don't have to copy what, we did or how we felt or whatever it's just to give you an idea of like where we're coming from where we're coming from and if you relate great (laughs) if not you know that's fine too yeah because everyone fulfills these roles in a different way they do they really do there's no hard and set way to be a dominant or a submissive no and you end up like you know like i said it's it's a journey so as you go along, you're going to find out things about yourself that you never knew. Oh, yeah. And then you're going to find out that. Like, me, like I, I love beating the shit out of women. Who, who fucking <laughs> knew? And I apparently enjoy it. Right. And I never would have thought that because most of the time people tell you that's not okay. You shouldn't be accepting that. And I'm like, but I like it. Yeah. So why don't you go ahead and tell us. Um. When we first started dating and you said you wanted to get into the BDSM scene Mm -hmm. and you wanted to become a submissive. Now, we started out, like we've said on the podcast, just in the bedroom. Correct. So walk us through what being a submissive in the bedroom, you know, so basically only for sex. So it was kind of like um, liberating. I think that's the right word. Um, Just because I didn't have to think. I literally was able to enjoy everything that we were doing and that what I was doing to you. Because normally what I would do in a relationship was like, I'm just going to fuck that person. And everything distracted me and it would pull me away from what was happening. So for what I had to do for being a a submissive in the bedroom is I had to kind of work on just, you know, focusing on what you were, you know, teaching me. So like, okay, just as an example, now this is more of the, you know, kind of like what we ended up doing as far as like how you needed to use my body. You know, we had the anal plug kit that mm-hmm. you had me use. The training kit. Yes. And, you know, that was a responsibility that I had to do where I had to work myself up to it because if not, I was going to be having one hell of a time when you decided you were going to shove it in my ass. Correct. So, you know, I, I kind of had to keep myself in check to do things that you were needing from me and what I was getting out of that was 
that ability to let go and just take in everything that you were doing to me and be lost in it. Yeah, because, I mean, you do have ADHD. I do, and it's really bad. Like, And you don't take anything for it, so. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's not technically diagnosed, but I pretty much fit everything that is characterized as someone who does have ADHD. Right, so when we're having sexy time, Mm-hmm. you can't focus on just having sexy time. No, because my brain would be like, oh my God, this dick feels so good. And I'll be like, oh crap, tomorrow I think I got to put the trash out. And then did I do the dishes? Oh, fuck yeah. Right, we're fucking. Okay, yes. This this does still feel really, really good. Okay, pay attention because I was really close on that. And I'll be like getting close to an O. And then I'll be like, did I hear something outside? Did I do this? And then, like, like I just keep getting pulled away. Right. And, like, I can see it in your eyes. Like, if you have your eyes open, uh-huh. I can see when you're not engaged in the moment. Yeah. And. I hope you don't take offense to that. I used to. Oh, okay. Where now you're kind of like, fuck, she's having a moment again. Yeah. I mean, when we can have, you know, a kink or BDSM session. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really happen. It's just when we have like our Van- quote vanilla sex. Yeah. Yeah. Because that- I agree. Because like when we had our scene the other night, uh, or not really the other night, but um, when we had the wax play, mm-hmm. I, I couldn't tell you what the fuck was going on. I had no idea. I mean, no, granted, obviously I was blindfolded, but my mind was not on anything else. It was literally just where you were what you were doing, what you were saying, and how I was reacting to it. There was nothing else going on in my mind. I, I, I couldn't even tell you what day it was. Right. And during this time, though, when you were new mm-hmm. and you were going through training. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did my submissive guide training. My submissive guide training, I would, you know, kind of learn how to, you know, engage with you as being the submissive um i learned you know my poses with you i also learned about journaling um especially you know just like daily things and um like our our scenes as well and how i felt with them right and also my habits too of like keeping myself on track with you know the things that i need to get done right and it was a little more difficult back then because we didn't have apps for that no i literally had to write it down in a notebook right um i still have those too (laughs) (laughs) i saved them (laughs) so for me as your new dominant Mm -hmm. um i feel like i knew from early on that you were taking it very seriously Mm mm-hmm that you were very interested and eager in learning. I definitely was, but I was also nervous too. But I had to slow you down at times yeah. because you wanted to do all the things right away. Yeah. And, you know, I had to remind you that it was a process. And it definitely is a process as much as you want it to go fast and you want to experience it all. It is definitely a little step here, a little step there, just as you learn how it works. Right. And especially getting you to focus during a, 
a place scene. Mm-hmm. Um, because when we first started dating, I mean, sex was a huge part of our relationship. It was. And I had noticed when we first started having sex together that you would do that whole like blanking out thing where you weren't there. Right. And like I said, it, it did bother me because it was like, am I not doing something good enough? Like, but as we got to know each other better and I realized that, you know, you were basically ADHD. Mm -hmm. I knew I had to kind of change how I was going about things so that I could keep you focused during play. Mm -hmm. And I mean, that took a lot of work for me because I was used to having submissives that just were always in the moment. Like, right. Like they were already like right there, no matter what they didn't have to be kind of checked in on all the time. Right. So that was a big change for me. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it, it made me a better dominant because I had to really, you know, stay in my mindset during our play sessions. Like I I couldn't really let myself go, Mm -hmm. you know, and get in the moment, like for my own pleasure and all that. I had to stay in that dominant uh, teaching role Mm -hmm. so that, I could convey what my expectations were during play for you. Yeah. And the more that we practiced that and the more our scenes progressed, you know, as you got more comfortable with different implements and different positions and, uh, you know, more pain and all that, it became a little easier for me to keep you in the moment. Mm Mm-hmm. Because I learned that, excuse me, uh, I had learned that you respond very well to, like, that nervous fear. Like, if I make you nervous or fearful of something. Mm -hmm. I listen more. You listen, you pay attention, you don't zone out. At all, no. So I had to stay more on like that sadist side yeah, to keep you in check because as long as you were slightly afraid (laughs) or nervous. (laughs) Then I was like completely paying attention to you. Right. And it heightened all your senses and it made everything feel better for you too. Yeah. So that's kind of how our dynamic took shape Mm -hmm. in the whole sadism and masochism because I could be sadistic physically, you Mm -hmm. know, and hurt you, but I could also start to do it mentally as well. And that part, I think, really helped you stay in the moment. Yeah, like, I know, like, I mean, this is like a small example, but... You know, everyday life happens because you obviously can't live, especially with, you know, work, family, kids, whatnot. 
you can't be always in that moment of living the BDSM life 24 seven. Right. Um, so there, I have found when you randomly would do something that, you know, you wouldn't really be able to do obviously in front of people, but like when you would grab me by the neck and push me against the wall and kiss me roughly and speak in that degrading but slightly loving tone my brain completely quiet and i'm just listening to what you're saying right because it's almost like that that type of love language <laughs> you know in a bdsm sense mm-hmm. goes straight to your straight from your brain to your vagina like yeah because you would like soak my pussy that way yeah, I didn't have to ever touch it. No. I could just talk to you and do, you know, slight physical things mm-hmm. like grabbing you by the throat or grabbing you by the hair or something like that. Mm-hmm. Or just like staring in your eyes. Yes. You know, as I'm talking to you in like a degrading way. Yeah. Um, it turned you on and made you pay attention. Mm-hmm. Where in a vanilla play session, it's if I don't do any of that, mm-hmm. you're in and out. Yeah. Like I don't stay in the moment. The only time that you're really there is when something's feeling really good <laughs> and you're about to come. And then you're like, okay, I'm here. <laughs> Everybody's on the boat. We're good. Yeah. So in that beginning part, that was a big thing, you know, was just keeping you focused yeah and relearning my style of dominance mm-hmm. to fit your needs as a submissive right and then you know as we kind of you know went along from there that's where we expanded from outside of the bedroom because as, like you said you kind of realized early on that i i had some of those symptoms of being adhd that my everyday life was chaotic it was a shit show. Hey, I keep the barn organized. That, that was the only thing. <laughs> like literally, that was the only thing that you could do on time every day. <laughs> yeah. You couldn't even get to work on time. Nope. But I made sure that those horses were fed and turned out and everything was done for them before. <laughs> right. I yep. mean, so it progressed then to. Every day outside of the bedroom. Yeah, it was 24-7. Like across the board. All across the board. Yeah. I and had, that gave I had me to take, that structure. I had to take control of your scheduling. Yeah. Uh, making sure that you got up on time. Mm-hmm. I would call you every morning. You make would. sure that you were up. Yep. Um, make sure that you would get to work on time. Make sure that you were drinking your water and eating your lunch. Because mm-hmm. I would just get sidetracked and I wouldn't eat. Yeah. Not because I wasn't hungry, just uh, I'd forget about it and I'd have other things to do. And then before long, I knew I didn't eat for eight hours. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I also took control over what you wore, mm-hmm. how you did your hair. Mm-hmm. Um, and then. Or at least the some abilities on my hair. Well, yeah. <laughs> I'm I my mean, hairstylist. <laughs> yeah, because your hair is very straight. It, it's very straight so it doesn't really do much but like color wise yeah you know like we changed the, the color of your hair mm-hmm. 
Um, and I ended up having to basically tell you how to run your finances. Yeah. Because you were terrible at that. I was. And we found out that you were paying a lot of money for somebody else's horses that wasn't even yours. Yeah. And I wasn't, I basically, I was doing like charity work <laughs> yeah, and just funding it myself. And I could have been paying off my own bills and. Right. So. So it definitely, it, it helped kind of mature everything. Yes. So, and then we also discovered that you had a little side. Yeah. And Surprise. Not really. I mean, um, it's more the, like a teenage type yes, of little. It, I'm not little as in like five six i'm like teenage as in like 15 16 likes to retaliate likes to be a pain in the ass yeah likes a lot not listen <laughs> gets really hyper and i goofy do and i do like last night i was really hyper and oh, i wanted to beat the shit out of you last night i know you did and i was really kept egging you on like come on come on <laughs> and you're like i'm gonna do it i'm like no you aren't <laughs> yeah. i don't know what kind of cloud i was on last night but whew, it was a doozy yeah and i mean that like that type of stuff is where your brattiness comes out too. Mm-hmm. Like when you get in that middle stage, yeah, is when you get like really bratty. But it's not like a mean bratty. It's like a a goofy, dumb. It is. It's brattiness. it's a very silly, annoying brat. Like yeah, and it's not like a malicious, an annoying brat. It's, it's like, give me attention. Give me attention. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> like, I'm just like, I'm going to be in your face literally until you give me that attention I'm seeking. Right. So then I had to adjust myself <laughs> to not only be a sadistic dominant. Right. Now I had to be a daddy dom too. Which that's kind of, isn't that kind of hard to do? Because they're literally like two different ends of being it can a be. dom. Because you have to have that, you know loving nurturing side as you know a daddy right and then you have to provide that structure you know as a dominant yeah but then for somebody who doesn't respond to normal punishments and stuff you know and you have to go a little bit more extreme then the sadist in me comes out so it's like <laughs> it's like a you're like a seesaw I know like it's up and down, up and down. No wonder you're so tired. <laughs> so in that aspect, I mean, like I grew, I've grown. You have a lot as a dominant in the nine years that we've been together. Yeah. From when you first started. <clears throat> Cause I mean, I've, I'm going on year 21 20, or two. I think it's 22 now. Of being a dominant. Yeah. So Prior to you, though, it was a very cut and dry scenario for me. Mm -hmm. I was a sadist. Mm -hmm. That was it. Like, that was my job. Hurt people. Hurt people. Cut and dry. Yeah. And, I mean, like, I did do some education, mm -hmm. like, later in the years. Mm -hmm. But play-wise, it was just, I'm here to hurt you. Never would have thought that you would have ended up having to have some form of a daddy side. No, like, because I'm not that caring, nurturing person. I mean, like my... Like you can be, but it's it's uh, not your automatic... No, I, is, I have to work hard yeah. to do it's that. It's not your own persona. Like you have to actually er, like work to get that out. I mean, hell, even aftercare is hard for me to do. Yeah, he does not really do aftercare. And that's not... 
I'm I'm fully aware of this, so there's no like need to worry. Um, but like, I mean, like he'll check in on me, but like he's not gonna go hug me and like hold me for hours if I need it. I mean, you did hold me for the amount of time that I needed for that sub drop that I had. Yeah. Um, but really. But for a normal session, like, like, are you okay? Yeah. Like, a, <laughs> like the only time, like really that you would go a little bit more out of your way for the aftercare is if like we had a heavy session. Yeah. You know, and that's just what you, anybody would really need to do anyway for aftercare. Right. Cause if I know it's going to be a heavy session, like, we make sure that you have a bottle of water ready mm-hmm. and, and ice packs. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. Like you took care of me this summer and it was, it wasn't like a super heavy, but it was, it was a good session and you took care of me and made sure I had a little seat and gave me food and water. And yeah, I mean, asked like, me I every do, like 20 minutes how my butt was feeling. I do my best to show that caring side. Yeah. When I need to, mm-hmm. but if, somebody told me you didn't have to do that. I wouldn't, I'd be like, cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not your forte. No. And that's why I can't be like a sensual dom. No, I no, you really couldn't. I mean, I have my moments where I can be sensual, but But they're very short lived and it happens by accident. (laughs) Like it's not even like I'm intentionally being sensual. It's just something that I do or say comes out that way. Okay. And now I can, I can see where some of those times have happened. Yeah. But I don't go out of my way to, you know, be like, Ooh, this bitch is going to think I'm so sensual. Yeah. No, no. Cause in my head, I'm thinking I'm going to fuck this bitch up. Yep. Pretty much. <laughs> that's, that's kind of what I think you say too. Well, I do tell you that. <laughs> well, yeah, literally you do. I mean, so in that middle stage of our relationship mm-hmm. is when, I really had to work hard on giving you that caring, nurturing daddy side. Yeah. And that's progressed to where, I mean, now, like we moved from the 24-7 submissive dom sub right? to you decided, I don't want to make any fucking decisions ever again. No. Like you basically told me, I want you to run my life. Yeah. And I will do whatever you tell me to do. So now you're a 24 seven slave. And that was a big adjustment for me because I'm, you know, super busy with work and it's a lot more now because you have to kind of literally tell me everything to do. And right. I I have to run my own life. Mm -hmm. I have to run your life which in turn means I have to do my job as, you know, a husband Mm -hmm. and a father. And I have to make sure that you're doing your job as (laughs) a slave and a mother. You never get a break. (laughs) No, I mean, like my brain is always going a hundred miles an hour, making sure I don't forget anything, you know, because I have to make sure that you're getting up on time. You're doing all the shit that you need to do. Mm-hmm. Your chores, you know, your schoolwork, um, your work, mm-hmm. taking care of the kid. I mean, not saying that you forget that, but I mean, <laughs> I have to make sure that. At least I never forgot to pick her up at school. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> but I have to make sure that 
you're doing all the things that you need to do. Right. Like basically like you do multiple check-ins to make sure that everything's getting done. Right. And even though you do the grocery shopping and the cleaning and you know, all that, I still have to make sure like, Hey, do we have what we need for X, yeah. Y, and Z? You know, did you clean this? Cause there's been a pile for, yeah. you know, two weeks. Like let's get this done. Yeah. Like my, my fun drop off pile in the back, which again is another ADHD thing where you kind of organize, but you don't cause you organize shit into a pile and then that pile sits. Yeah. And so <laughs> becoming a master and having to run both of our lives, mm-hmm. it's very tiring. I'm sure. I'm sorry. You know, and that's what like a lot of new people to the scene, like they just think, I want to be a master. I want to have, you know, a slave and it's be careful what you wish for. It's because a full time job. It is not you know, the sexy bullshit that you read in, you know, some smut, you know, novel. No, no, it's definitely And not. if anybody tells you it is, they're a fucking liar. It's not Fifty Shades of Grey. Yeah. It's, it's not that. <laughs> like, there's moments where you have your scenes like that. Yes. And unless you're actually fucking rich and don't have to work. Right. Like, you're not a master the way it's portrayed in a book. Mm-hmm. 24-7. Right. You're a husband, a father, you know, an employee. Mm-hmm. You're all the things that a normal person is. You wear multiple hats, and then on top of that, have yes. to... Yes, then on top of that, you're a master. Yeah. Like, being a master isn't who you are. Mm-mm. Like, it doesn't define you as a man. Mm-mm. What does define you is how well your slave is taken care of, you know? Yes. And... And how she portrays your dynamic and how it's represented. Right. If she is proud to be your slave, you're doing something right. Mm -hmm. Because it is not easy, you know, because you have to balance, you know, the normal everyday shit Mm -hmm. with making sure your needs are met. Right. You know, physically, emotionally, mentally. In the BDSM space. Right. You know, and people think, okay, well, you're a master. You can just take what you want anytime you want it, you know, for your own pleasure. And that's fine and dandy. I can do that. Mm -hmm. But because our schedules are so busy and all that, if I did that, I would be doing you a disservice and not giving you what you need out of it. Mm -hmm. so that wouldn't be very ethical of me to basically be a selfish master right and take everything for myself because being a master is more about teaching your slave to be the woman that she wants to be you know because when she's giving you all of that control to help her achieve that Right. She, she should have goals before you even start in a dynamic, Mm -hmm. you know, she should be able to lay out like, you know, I'd like to learn to manage my time better. Mm -hmm. I would like to learn to control my emotions better or control my jealousy or, you know, do all these things. And it's your job as a dominant or a master 
to facilitate that change. Right. To help her learn how to go through that, to achieve those goals that she has set. Right. I mean, so many people think this is about sex. BDSM is not about sex. I think it is it's, a, it's about power exchange. Yes. I mean, that is... The, the little definition the, of it. Yeah, that's the top of the food chain when it comes to BDSM. Mm -hmm. The sex is an after product. Right. Because we can have a session mm -hmm. and never touch genitals. Yeah. And get the same satisfaction as if we fucked. Yeah. It's basically like a mind fuck. <laughs> right, because if you're in a BDSM scene... It should be set up mentally mm -hmm. before physically. You know? Right. Because if you don't have it set up mentally, it's not going to do the same as if it was if you had set it up properly because you're not you're not fully engaged in all aspects of what leads up to that wow of a session. Right. So now a uh, real quick, why don't you tell us your side of like what being a slave means to you? Oh, well, I mean, being a slave to you, it kind of, I guess it was kind of like an ultimate achievement because when we first started, like I was intrigued by a slave and what their, their role was and what it meant towards you. And I think as I've progressed through each stage, I kept wanting to go a little bit further and it means a lot that I've finally gotten to that point. And yes, it took a while. Here we are like eight, nine years later. And now I'm finally to that point and it's given me a lot of structure that for me, I personally needed. I mean, other people might be perfectly fine in you know just a submissive role where i need that more hands-on and that gave me more stability and confidence in myself because like i knew you know you i mean obviously you've always had my back but i felt like if i wasn't sure i didn't have to i that guesswork was out you know i knew i could trust you with that and it allowed me to be able to grow in other areas that I was neglecting because I had everything else to worry about. Okay. So um, from here, mm -hmm. where do you want to go in the lifestyle, like in the BDSM lifestyle? I mean, like what's your goal now that you've become a slave and you're working on all those things that you want to work on and, you know, get better at? I think where I'm at on that is, um, and, we, and we've kind of touched base on that a little bit before in some of our previous episodes, is from being a submissive, I've also learned that I also have a dominant side as well. And it does come out towards females, but that happens a lot with just females in general. They tend to be, if they're not in the submissive or if they're not in a dominant role already in their relationship then they tend to want to be dominant towards a fem another female um but also i found being dominant towards men who like to be 
you know, pussy men, basically, I found that that turns me on a lot. And I kind of like to boss them around. So that's kind of like, you know, obviously that doesn't change our dynamic, but I would like my revolution of myself to go into that direction and kind of see, you know, where that leads me. So basically you want to be a switch with other people. Yeah. Eventually. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I know I like, I do it a little bit on the, on the side for my work. Right. But, um, I think like in person, I mean, I've, I've done it, you know, with some females already, but not so much with the males in person, but I think that would be something I would like to explore. So what do you think would be the biggest turn on to be dominant with a female or with a male? Probably a male. I think I would get, and I think it's just because like when it comes to females, we can, we can just already switch back and forth with each other with no problems, or at least for the most part, as long as like, you know, mutually you both agree on it. Um, But I just kind of feel like I think I would get a little bit more mental of what I'm looking for in that exchange with doing it towards a guy. Okay. Well, we'll have to uh, potentially work on making that happen. Yeah. And I'm sure I'm going to be rough as hell, but (laughs) (laughs) well, maybe, maybe literally, but who knows? Yeah. I mean, might have to uh, get you to practice on me before I unleash you on some poor guy. Yeah. We might have to do that. Also the joys of being a teaching master. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, as you, when you first started out to be a dominant, you had to be a submissive first. So you definitely wear many, many hats, whether you want to or not. Yeah. It's not my favorite thing, but I mean, I'm all for helping you learn Mm -hmm. how to be dominant. Yes. You know, towards other people. And I appreciate that because, you know, what better way to learn than from your own dominant who's been doing it for 21, 22 years. (laughs) Well, at least whoever plays with you will know that you'll be safe and sane. Yes. Like (laughs) I'm not. consensual. Yes. So. Everything is safe, sane, and consensual. Yep. And and rack. (laughs) And rack. Yep. All right. Well, that was a good, uh overview of how we view our roles i think and hopefully that helped people that are getting into the space to kind of see where they fall maybe yeah and you know just find your own path and take it slow don't rush it yep there's no need to all right so we're going to move into our new fun segment here real quick and uh hopefully it won't take too long because we're already at an hour. Well, look at us. We we do it normal. Yeah. Every well, time. <laughs> we can't keep this shit under an hour. We can't. We try. Fucking hell. <laughs> Even with one less uh, segment, we still can't seem to fuck it up. Yeah. So this new segment, it's sim- very similar to uh, the celebrity swap or not. Mm-hmm. Except instead of the swap or not, it's going to be a celebrity fantasy challenge. Okay. Where we have to come up with a fantasy involving two celebrities. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, why don't 
you go ahead and go first. Of course, you'd make me go first. You are the woman. You have a vagina. Therefore, society says you go first. All right. So am I doing both of mine first? Yeah. Okay. So the first one that you gave me was Felicia Day. Oh, yeah. And he was very nice to even find me some nudes of her. So I kind of know what I'm talking about and what I want to do with her. And, okay, so she's a beautiful little redhead. So we got two redheads that would be banging together. And what I would love to have as my fantasy with her is I'd want to, you know, go for a swim. I want to just like go to like a resort where it's like a, obviously a swing kind or just a nudist resort. Like Caliente. Yeah. Like Caliente. So we can have drinks by the pool. We can swim, flirt together. Um, Obviously you can do some things that they don't really, they say you can't do, but you can do anyway. So, um, we'd probably be pressing our limits as much as we can and totally going underneath the waterfall, making out, I'd be fingering her. Um, probably I would attempt to try to go down with her down on her in the water. Not sure how well my skills would be. She may have to give me some CPR, but it might be worth it anyway. Um, but then I'd like to take her back to one of the casitas and I would love to just have my way with her with my strap on. And then I would want her to use my strap on on me and of course finish up in the shower. That would be like one of my scenarios that I would fantasize with her. Okay. It's hot. I thought so. All right. Now, my next one is a little bit more interesting because I wasn't really sure on what I wanted with us. But then it just kind of like came to me of something that I'd be like, okay. And it kind of goes along with something that we've discussed on the show before and have, you know, witnessed and whatnot. So you gave me Joe Magniello. Magniello? I think it's Magnione. Magnione. Okay. Anyway, he's an American actor. He's he's handsome. And he was in Magic Mike, and he was also on True Blood. All right. There you go. So you all know where he's coming from. Um, so I kind of wrote up what I wanted. So what I would want is I would want to be ultimately surprised. And I would either would want to be, like, kidnapped where I was like on a run somewhere or on a hike. And I would want to have like this feeling like I was being followed. And then as I got kidnapped, I'd want to, you know, I'd get my head would be covered with like a pillowcase. I'd be thrown over like this broad shoulder. And before obviously the pillowcase was thrown over my head, I would have been gagged with some kind of a cloth So, like, I couldn't really scream or anything. And then I'd be thrown into a van or what I thought was a van. And I would be taken to, like, some kind of, like, warehouse or studio. And I would be, like, you know, again, carried out of the van. And then everything would, like, my hands would be bound. And my feet would be loose. But when I got to wherever he was taking me, 
I would want him to have like my hands be pulled up above my head and be like attached to a St. Andrew's cross and then have each leg get tied. And then I'd, you know, like have my clothes get like ripped off and I'd be kind of like freaking out wanting to scream, but I can't scream. And then he say to me, okay, I'm going to remove your pillowcase and your gag, but you can't scream. And if you scream, I'm going to kill you. And then from there I would, you know, try not to scream, but then like he would take the gag out of my mouth and, you know, he'd be standing there and he would, you know, kind of have like a scene with me, but it wouldn't be like pure, like there wouldn't be anything impact because, you know, obviously you would kind of scream out a little bit for that. Um, so everything was going to be like tools that he would use. So like sometimes it would be a knife or he might use um, the Wartenborg wheel on me. Um And then he would make me like suck his cock and basically be his dirty whore until he was done with me. So how would you do that if you were on the cross? Well, I'm saying like (laughs) leading up to that, like he would do whatever he was doing with the Wartenborg wheel and the knife. And then he would take my hands down probably from there, make me suck his cock. So like my feet would still be strapped into the cross. And then like I would be leaning forward with my butt pressed into the cross section. Okay. And then I would suck his cock that way. But then he'd have to probably take my legs out or untie my legs, turn me around or throw me wherever there, if there was like a bed on the floor, he could just throw me on the floor and like fuck me from behind or something. And so how's it end? Well, it would simply end with him fucking the shit out of me. And then, literally like recovering me like with a pillowcase and dropping me back off like completely naked wherever he picked me up from so basically it was like the nicest rape scene ever (laughs) kind of kind of yeah i mean i don't know that was just it was my that was what i came up with don't make fun of me (laughs) Leave me alone to my fantasy, okay? I'm not making fun of you. Just the whole like CNC thing build up. And then it's like the most kind of vanilla (laughs) rape scene ever. Well, did you want to like have me be like, well, he was going to fuck me roughly? Like, well, no, I just want you to be whatever your fantasy is. That's that's where my fantasy was because that's what I was comfortable with. Like, that's the extent of what I'm comfortable with, but my brain, that's where it went. Okay. So there you go. If you're ever going to do a CNC scene with Tink, <laughs> it has to be like super mild when it gets time to actually do the things. <laughs> <laughs> Gee, thanks. All right. So my two, um, you gave me Anna Ferris mm-hmm. who, um, plays Christy on mom. Yes. Now, my fantasy for this involves you as well. Oh. And her mom on that show. Oh, my God. Okay. So. Wow. Okay. So. I would, let, this was a plot. I did not give you an extra person. There was no rules. This is true. We did not have rules. Okay. Go ahead. 
So it's going to be interesting. Okay. So my fantasy uh-huh. is we are all in one of their AA meetings. Okay. Like on the show. Okay. And I'm a single guy. Okay. And you are basically in place of uh, her rich friend. Oh, okay. Okay. So like instead of her, it's you. Yeah, yeah. And after the meeting, you know, they all go to the diner and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I walk in and the three of you are sitting there having coffee and stuff. And I can see her kind of like eyeballing me. Mm -hmm. And her mom is like being the sarcastic bitch that she always is. Oh, okay. You know, and I can overhear her saying like, yeah, he's, he's hot, but what's he want with you? You know? Right. Yeah. (laughs) And she's like, no, he could want me, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And then you're over there like encouraging her and all this. And so she gets up the nerve. She comes over and asks if she could buy me a coffee. Okay. And I say yes. And she sits down, the waitress brings the coffee and she talks with her hands. Like she gets all crazy and she's explaining how, you know, her mother was saying that she couldn't get a guy like me. Mm -hmm. And in the process spills my coffee on my lap. Oh no. And she freaks out and the, the mother and you come over and freaking out and are making fun of her and stuff. So she offers to take me back to her house because I live further away and she lives close and she can throw my uh, pants in the laundry. Okay. So we all go back to her house and we get there. I take my pants off. You just strip. Well, you know, I go in the bathroom, I take my pants off my underwear and she gives me, pair of her mom's sweatpants right? <laughs> so she goes puts the shit in the laundry i come out i sit on the couch you're there her mother's there we make small talk and stuff she comes back in and uh the mother s- says that she has to go to one of the other apartments because she's the apartment manager mm-hmm. and she leaves we're sitting there and stuff and i ask if i can get a drink of water, you know? And she's like, Oh no, 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 I'll get it for you. I'm like, no, I'm, I'm good. I'm a big boy. I can get my own water. And when I get up, like you can see my dick in the sweatpants. Okay. And I catch you both staring. (laughs) Of course. So I come back in and you guys are like talking to, uh, talking to each other. And Mm -hmm. then like you shut up as soon as I get in the room and I look down and I can see that her mom's sweatpants are a little tight on me. And I'm like, I hope you weren't talking about that little thing, you know? And she's like, no, you know, we weren't talking about your dick at all, you know? (laughs) (laughs) And then you kind of like, we're making fun of her and Uh we're like, you know, basically saying that, I wouldn't show it, you know, mm-hmm. and all this stuff. So not one to back down from a challenge. I just pull <laughs> the pants down and you both are like, Ooh, <laughs> nice dick, you know? And 
we start making out and stuff, all three of us, and groping and touching each other and all this stuff, and you two start making out. And I was like, okay, this is cool. (laughs) And uh, the clothes start coming off. And, you know, I ask if I can go down on her while she's making out with you. Mm -hmm. And so I go down on her and I'm looking all around her pussy and I get to her clit and, you know, I'm doing the circle thing Mm -hmm. on her clit and she's starting to like move her hips up against my mouth. And I'm like, okay, I think I can get her to come. Mm Mm-hmm. So I start like doing like the sucky lick thing yeah, on her clit and she just starts like having a violent orgasm. Oh my. And you were kind of like, holy fuck. Yeah. <laughs> and you were like, okay, how can I get some? Of that? <laughs> <laughs> I need some of that action. So we switch and as I'm going down on you, she gets like in front of me, like in front of the couch mm-hmm. and starts blowing me as I'm going down on you. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, this is great. So then I get you off and then you both get on the couch in like uh, doggy style. So your arms are up on the back of the couch, mm-hmm. asses out towards me. And you're both like, you better be able to fuck both of us. Oh, you know? So I, start fucking her first and it goes for a couple minutes. And then I switch to you and you guys are kind of like making out and I eventually get both of you to, to come All right. and her mom walks in. Oh God. <laughs> and if you've ever seen the show, she's like super sarcastic and super funny. Yeah. So she goes over to like the recliner chair and she sits down and she's like, don't mind me. I got the cuck chair. Oh my God. <laughs> so she's sitting there and, you know, I'm like fucking you both like really hard at this point because now I'm like, oh shit, I can't lose my heart on because uh-huh. now chick's mom is in the room. And she's like, you should fill them both up. They're oh. both stupid sluts. Oh my God. <laughs> and I was like, yes, ma'am. So, <laughs> you know, I finally start to come and I do the whole, like one load in her, one load in you. <laughs> <clears throat> and then, uh, her mom's like, so you should let me clean that off for you. Oh, so I go over there and she sucks me and cleans me up. And then she's like, I think your pants are done. <laughs> nice. And that's that's my fantasy there. That's a very good fantasy. I, I thought so too. Now, my last one is Miley Cyrus. How How is your fantasy for her? Okay, this is going to be a quick one. Oh, okay. Because, like, this has always been my fantasy since she, oh, like. Oh, so you, you already know what this fantasy yeah, is. Okay. 100%. Ever since she became slutty Miley. Yeah. I've had this fantasy. All right. So I'm at one of her concerts. Mm-hmm. She's doing like the whole I'm a whore thing. Mm-hmm. And she makes an announcement, you know, and says like, I need one guy to come up here and fuck the shit out of me in front of 20,000 people. 
And I'm like, huh, pick me. <laughs> oh my gosh. And she does. So oh, I get damn. to go up on stage. Uh-huh. And like while she's singing one of her songs, I am fucking her doggy style on the jumbotron. Oh my god. <laughs> making her make all those stupid faces that she makes. Uh-huh. And uh like in the middle of the song, she's orgasming. Nice. So when I'm ready to come, I tell her, like I lean over her back and like into the microphone and I'm like, where do you want me to put my load? <laughs> <laughs> and she asked the audience. <laughs> oh my God. You're like, I don't got time for this. Yeah. She's like, where should he put it? <clears throat> and the audience is like on her face, on her face. Oh, wow. So she spins around real quick and gets on her knees and I totally cover her face in my man batter. Nice. And then she stands up and finishes her song while she's like rubbing it into her face oh. on the jumbotron. Wow. Not gonna lie. I really kind of feel like she would do something like that. I know. Too. That's why it's always been a fancy because I'm like, she's such a whore. Yeah, she would totally do it. She'd be, she's a fun whore. I know. Like, and I'm not saying like in a bad way, she's no, a whore. Like no, she is my like, kind of whore. Yeah. Yeah, totally. <laughs> she's that dirty whore. You're like, fuck yes. Yeah. So that's my Miley fantasy. All right. I think you had some really good fantasies. I think so too. I'm glad that, you know, my fantasies. You really should like write this shit down. Have some depth. <laughs> Shut up. I don't, I'm not a writer. I don't have like those kinds of thoughts. This is why you are the dominant one. Is that why? Yes. Well, we better shut the fuck up because yeah. it's an hour and 20 minutes now. Sorry, guys. Blame it on Tink. All right. Maybe. All right. So there you go. Two episodes, one week. Woo, probably woo. way more of us than you ever Would, wanted. Yeah, pretty much. So we apologize for that. Until next week. Have a good one. Stay sexy, my friends. And that's our show, everybody. You can find us on our socials on TikTok at KSENM and Kink Podcast, at Tink Swings One, and at JUST underscore Pedro83. We're also on Instagram at KSENM and Kink Podcast. And of course, you can find us on our OnlyFans at KSENM and Kink Podcast, which for $5.99 a month, you can go behind the scenes when we record our shows and watch all the sexy videos and uh, the toy reviews and all that. We are also going to be streaming live on OnlyFans when we do our recordings on Friday evenings. So be sure to check that out. We'd really appreciate it if you do. Um, and Tink's OnlyFans is at Pixie, P-I-X-I-E, I-N-D-I-X-I-E, 69. Pixie in Dixie, 69. You can also find us on SLS.com. Our username there is Pedro and Tink. So if you are in Alabama and want to get together, let us know. We appreciate you guys listening, and we'll see you next week.